This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you after the close of the 2022 summer transfer window. We've made it to the end. Um, this will be the final uh, transfer morning show. What will happen is tomorrow uh, we'll re-begin, re-begin, resume, resume is probably a better word, the Arsenal News Show, which is the show that we do uh, when the transfer window isn't on. So don't worry if you become a really kind of keen listener of our 8am shows and you enjoy these series. Don't worry, the 8am show is not going anywhere, uh, at least until I go on my honeymoon. Then it will go kind of somewhere, but then it will be back again after I return. But uh, yeah, the show's not going anywhere. But thank you so much, everybody that's joined us over the course of the transfer window. I hope you've enjoyed the content that we've produced. Uh, And yeah, it's been a commitment. It's been a long, arduous summer, but we now find ourselves fully focused on what Arsenal can do between now and the kickoff of the World Cup. Um, good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. I see that StreamYard still is deleting comments for some strange reason at the start of our shows. But Jose, good morning to you, to manage to act chat to Marcus. Good morning. Uh, Martin, good morning to Mo and to Leave in the chat box. Joining us first was Azarul and Olu and Rich Kanu and Matt G. Uh, good morning to all of you. Hope you guys are good. Hope you guys are well. Uh, if you haven't already dropped a like on the video, please, please do. And also get involved in our latest competition, courtesy of Football Prizes. You can win a ticket to the Arsenal against PSV Eindhoven game in the Europa League, plus plenty of extra prizes as well, including the likes of a signed Alexander Zinchenko shirt, a signed Tony Adams shirt, and plenty more too. Link in the description to get some more information on that. Tonight is our live show. Tickets are still available if you would like to come along uh, this evening at the Ridley Road Social Club in North London. Uh, starts at around seven-ish, I think, it's just after that. So uh, if you are free this evening, you want to come along to our live show, James Bench, Harry Simeon, FK, Sophie Nicolau, and Mike from the Gunas Pod, who is hosting, uh, are doing a big event in support of Gunas v Kansas. So come along and get involved. And lastly, uh, voting does close on Sunday, I'm led to believe, at midnight. So if you haven't yet voted for us in the Football Content Awards, please, please do get involved. That's when nomination votes close. So uh, get involved, drop us a vote if you could be so kind. So not the usual uh, slideshow uh, that you would usually have this morning, of course. Uh, They will return. Don't worry, I'm going to break news down every day. But I thought this morning is going to be a little different. It's kind of going to be a little bit more of a discussion-based thing with you guys in the chat box and kind of going through a lot more of your comments and We'll see kind of where the show takes us. For me, look, yesterday was very disappointing. I wanted to see Arsenal go out and bring in a central midfielder. I would have loved to see Arsenal go out and bring in a a competitor to Pakaya Saka. That's what I wanted. You know, that's what I wanted Arsenal to go out and do, especially considering the injuries we've got with Mohamed Elneny and Thomas Partey and Alexander Zinchenko all currently out. You know, I wanted to see us do it. We tried. Arsenal really did try to go to Aston Villa and bid for Douglas Louise, a player that had a year left on his contract and we went up to as high as £25 million, which for me is a very fair price with all the context of the situation to try and get that deal done. 
Clearly, Aston Villa were not interested in selling the player for whatever reason. That might come back to bite them in the end. We'll have to wait and see. But clearly, we weren't willing to go any higher than that. We weren't willing to go as high as some people suggested even 40 million is what Aston Villa ultimately wanted for a player that absolutely will be going on a free in less than a year's time. Now, it's my understanding that there was no intention from Arsenal to sign a central midfielder this end of the transfer window. Uh, a report, I believe, is now out about that this morning over on Football.London right now. But there was no intention from Arsenal, to my knowledge, that they would be going out and signing a midfielder. Um or potentially even any signing for that matter. Uh, there were links to wide players. We know if Pedro Neto was gettable, if the club were able to convince Wolves to sell him for a reasonable figure, they probably would have gone and done that. However, Wolves were unwilling to budge on their valuation of the player. And despite links to the likes of Jeremy Pino and Nikolai Mudrik and players like this, Arsenal never moved for a wide player either. And so what this means is that Arsenal find themselves uh, with... A significant number of games to go until the January transfer window, probably short in a couple of areas, areas that we may have been better off signing it. How do I rate the window? I don't go any lower than a 7.5, kind of that kind of figure. And I have been very disappointed, I'll be honest. And yes, I know you guys told me that when I did my phone in show and we talked a lot about social media, that I shouldn't be looking at Twitter. I shouldn't be looking at social media because all it's going to do is annoy me. I know that's what you told me to do. But I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help but sometimes look at it. And the amount of criticism, the amount of people rating this window a six or below, I just find quite staggering, to be honest. The reason why I find it quite staggering is because for me, this has been our, one of our best transfer windows in the modern era of Arsenal. I look back over transfer windows and go, contextually, of where the squad was at at the beginning of the window and where it is now, I'm struggling to think of a better window. You know, last summer, we spent more money than we've ever spent before. We rebalanced the team. We brought in White and Laconga and Tavares and Erdegaard um, and Tommy Asu and Ramsdale. You know, these are really important signings, but they were absolutely necessary signings that we needed to make. You know, Tommy Asu came in and proved the right-back position. Erdegaard has been great. Ramsdale improved us in the goalkeeping position in terms of distribution, a lot more tactical fit than what we had. You know, um, Lukonga and Tavares added depth, but at the same time, you know, they're still, the jury's still out for sure on those players. And Ben White, as we all know, has helped us progress that centre-back area. But for me, you know, I thought last summer, I still think this summer has been more important for the team's kind of progression. This summer, based upon what we had at the start of the window, bringing in Zinchenko, bringing in Gabriel Jesus, most importantly, and of course, adding Fabio Vieira, Turner and uh, Marquinhos, who we are yet still to see, of course, what they will end up bringing is important. And you go back over kind of the transfer windows before that, you know, you go back to 2020 when we brought in Partey, Gabriel, Marie, uh, no, Marie came in in January, didn't he? But um, Willian, uh, you know, Partey and Gabriel, great signings, but just the two when we needed to add more wasn't enough. You go back to 2019, Pepe, Saliba, Tierney, David Luiz, uh, Gabriel Martinelli, Danny Ceballos on loan. You know, these weren't players. Saliba went on loan. Kieran Tierney was the only one that really progressed us. And Nicolas Pepe ended up being probably the biggest flop of Arsenal's history because of the amount of money we invested in him. Um, that's not a slight on the player's ability. It's just not worked out. But £72 million on a player that's now left on loan to Nice just three years later. It doesn't look good. So you go back to 2018, Torreira, Leno, Socrates, Genduzzi, Lichsteiner, um, and then Denis Suarez on loan in January. The year before that, Lacazette, and that was kind of it. Kolasinac came in on a free, um, but Lacazette, and then we signed Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan in January. 16-17, wow, we spent $100 million on Xhaka, Mustafi, Perez, Asano, Holding, uh, yeah, need I say more? 2015-16, uh, we signed Petr Cech. 2014-15, <laughs> Alexis Sanchez, brilliant signing. But then Callum Chambers, Danny Welbeck, Gabriel, Matteo Debushi, you know, not players that progressed us at all. Only Sanchez progressed us. Uh, and then the year before that, in 2013, was Ozil. It was the summer of Ozil. Uh, before that, you know, to be honest, the, the summer that I like one of the most was 2012. Santi Cazorla, Lucas Podolski. Uh, Olivier Giroud. You know, Giroud scored over 100 goals for us. Santi Cazorla is a modern legend, in my opinion. Uh, and Podolski had a little bit of depth to the forward line. But 
you got you're starting to go back so so far. This summer represented change for Arsenal. This summer represented Arsenal going out and adding two world class starters to the team, adding a really exciting young player in Fabio Vieira, and adding a bit of depth in Marquinhos and Sonny. And who knows what happened with Mar- Marquinhos? If the same thing that happened with Martinelli happens, then we're buzzing. But there's no guarantees of that right yet. And we're going to have to wait until we can make a judgment on that. But once again, I think the reason why we're kind of, and a lot of people are frustrated, is because we ended the window with a bit of disappointment with not adding a central midfielder. Now, if Partey and Elneny were fit right at this very moment with no injury issues right now, obviously I think the view of the team would be very different. But because they are injured that has a very big psychological impact on how we're viewing the team. Uh, Regarding kind of the right wing position, I think people are forgetting Fabio Vieira very, very quickly. Um, I've seen so many people acting as if Saka is our only option now on the right-hand side, which isn't true. Um, Fabio Vieira has played a significant number of minutes. In fact, I was checking it this morning. He's played 1,744 minutes exclusively on the right-hand side as a 22-year-old. So he's got plenty of experience playing on that right-hand side. Um, Marquinhos is, to my understanding, really impressing the coaching staff uh, in training with the senior side and in the youth team has been very impressive as well. So who knows what we'll expect to see from him in the Europa League games. And I also think that there's kind of a, I think there's a kind of an overlook going on that the January window exists. You know, I know that our record with the January window is not amazing, especially in 2022. You know, earlier this year, We had a really kind of difficult time in January where all the focus was kind of drawn into um, the the Aubameyang saga. So for me, I think that with that all all said and done, there is time for Arsenal to do those deals if they need to in January. And we have a squad that is very capable of keeping us very, very competitive through until at least the World Cup. And if we need to do more business in January, we can do more business in January. There's this idea that Saka could be burnt out. He doesn't need to be burnt out. He can play one, potentially two games a week. He doesn't need to start the Europa League games. We have a group, in my opinion, that is very, very comfortable. Zurich, Bodo Glimt and PSV. PSV are a good team, of course. We'll come up against Cody Gakpo, um, which could be an interesting one. They'll be the biggest challenge that we have. Potentially, Saka needs to start in one of those games. We'll have to see where we're at. But I still think we've got more than enough to compete with the likes of Zurich and Bodo Glimt. And I'm not taking it for granted. I know that Bodo Glimt had a very good result against Roma last year um, in their competition. But we should have enough to beat these teams uh, without a shadow of a doubt, without any too much problem. Uh, And we shouldn't be relying on Saka to start every one of those games. So for me, I am happy in terms of what we've done. That said... It, it still can be classed as a failure. That's the kind of contradiction for me is that even though I'm happy with the business that we did, it's still a bit of a failure. The reason why I call it a failure and the analogy that I use is if you set out to build a house and yet despite getting brilliant furniture, solid foundations, uh, great infrastructure, if you put no window panes in, you're still going to be shivering this winter. you know. And I think that's kind of where Arsenal are at right now is that we've brought in some brilliant stuff um, but we are still going to be potentially shivering come winter if we don't add the necessary players or if we face a strut of, of kind of really bad luck. So there you go. Sko, I'd love to know, see, the comments like this really make me laugh when it's just like, nonsense, Tom. No context, no explanation, no reason. I don't even know what you mean. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're disagreeing with. Nonsense comes from a lack of clarity, which I'm lacking in your comment. Joshua, thank you so much for the donation. Tom, for the last four windows, I and many believed we needed to strengthen the sentiment midfielder area. Me too. You know, I've said it a long time. We're at least one forward down on last season with extra games and pushing for top four. We have left ourselves short. Um, the forward position is an interesting one. You know, we have Jesus and Nketiah. You're going to struggle to find teams that have got more than two natural strikers anyway. Um, I mean, Chelsea, Havertz and Aubameyang, uh, Liverpool, Firmino and Nunez, and of course, uh, Manchester City, Haaland and Alvarez. I mean, technically even just Haaland, if you count Alvarez as an out-and-out striker. So we have wide forwards. We have Martinelli. We have Vieira. Both of them can cover as a false nine, or especially as a striker, as Martinelli can, should we need them to. So I don't think contextually, when you look at our rivals, we are comparatively short at centre-forward. Centre-midfield... You know, we have faced 
a ridiculous spate of bad luck with Partey and Elneny and Zinchenko, all of which can play in that deep central midfield role, all of them getting injured in the first four games. That's unprecedented. That's ridiculous. So I have sympathy. It's not like we just have Partey or we just have Elneny or we just have Xhaka. You know, we have a lot of deep central midfield options, five of them, in fact, with Lokonga, Partey, Xhaka, Elneny, uh, and uh, who am I think, forgetting? Lokonga, have I said that? Lokonga, Elneny, Partey, Xhaka, Zinchenko, five. There you go. So, you know, I think we leaving ourselves short is a little harsh, considering the fact that, you know, we have depth there. It's just bad luck that's cost us with those injuries thus far. And we're still top of the league, you know, and Lokonga played in that game against Aston Villa and did really, really well. There was another super chat that I think I may have missed. I'm trying to find it, but I'm struggling. Um... I can't find it for some reason. Uh, I will try and endeavour to scroll up whilst I'm talking. Um, and this is the thing. Uh, Matt says, failure seems harsh. And this is where I can't win. This is where I find myself unable to win with people. Because I personally agree with those that think that we needed to do more. Because I think that's a fair position to have on the window. And I agree with those also that think we've had a good window. Because... You look at the windows of the past and you look at the players that we've brought in this summer and we have. We have had a good window. You know, you speak to, you listen to Deadline Day as I was doing on Sky Sports. People are talking about Arsenal having one of the best windows in the league. It's not about numbers. You know, it's not about how much you spend. It's not about how many you bring in. It's about what you bring in. That's what matters. I mean, people look at, I saw a comment yesterday on my stream on the Arsenal way that said Nottingham Forest have more ambition than Arsenal. Just say that for you again. Genuinely a comment I saw yesterday. Nottingham Forest have more ambition than Arsenal because they've added 20 million players to their team. That's not ambition. That's desperation. That's what that is. That's desperation to stay in the Premier League. If you're adding 23 players or whatever to your team, that's not ambition, bro. That's just, I've never said bro before in my life. This is where this transfer window has taken me. You know, like that is not, that is not ambition at all. That is desperation. That is scattergun. That is without planning, you know. And I respect the business that Arsenal have done. And I respect that Arsenal only want to bring in quality. And they only want to bring in players that are going to push the needle, you know. But at the same time, I have sympathy for those that feel that we didn't do enough. Because I agree. And that's why I think that when we know that we needed a centre mid which I still think we needed because I would have, you know, looked to bring in a Milinkovic-Savic if we'd have had the money or someone of that ilk. Because we didn't, I view it still as a slight failure that we didn't bring in that player and we didn't bring in the wide forward that I wanted to see us bring in. You know, and again, the word failure comes across really, really strong. But like I said before, if you go out to build a house, if your project, if your objective is to build a house and you're getting some really good furniture and you buy a great kitchen and you, you know, all the foundations are there, but you don't buy the window panes, you're still going to be shivering. And I would not call that house complete. Therefore, you set out to build a house, you failed, you didn't do it. But you've really done a good, you've done a really good job in getting as far as you did, but you didn't quite get to that success level that I'd hoped that we would. That's the that's the catch-22. That's the confliction for me. And that's why I don't think I fall into either camp. And that's why I think people on both sides of the fence are annoyed at my kind of opinion of the window. It's because I don't necessarily fall you know, comfortably into either side. I really love the stuff we've done, but I really, I am critical of what we didn't do, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at. Um, that that That's why I am where I am. I would challenge anyone to come and tell me though, why this window is a six out or lower. You know, I, I would really challenge someone to come on. The, feel free, you know, I'll even put the link into the, the description of today's video, if you like, of someone to come on and challenge me on this and tell me why I'm wrong, because I don't know where Arsenal could have really gone um, regarding kind of what they could have brought in for the money that clearly was available this summer. You know, we had £25 million, it seems, to bring in another player this summer. That's why we bid that much for Louise. But I don't really know who else you're getting. People say Tillemans, but he doesn't cover in Elneny's role. Um, I don't really buy the Tielemans argument. I mean, there's another reason. Why has no one gone for him? Uh, why why has no one gone for Tielemans? <laughs> you know, why has no one signed him? There must be a reason. One of the reasons could be he's been bad. He's been really bad for however long. By the way, if you do want to join and you want to refresh your stream, the link to that is in the description. 
I, I'm happy to be challenged on this. You know, I'm going to be around for the next half an hour or so. I am happy to be challenged on my view on the window. But I'm so far really waiting to try and find someone that can. <laughs> and I can see a lot of people are disagreeing with me in the chat box. If you do disagree with me, come on. Don't, don't jump on and agree with me because that's boring. You know, I respect your opinion. I love people that tell me I'm right. Don't get me wrong. But don't jump on if you're coming on just to agree with me. You know, if you don't agree with me, come on. Because that's what I'm trying to find in people is people that disagree with what I'm saying. Because I've had a lot of people disagree with me on social media. But as soon as I say, come on and have a conversation about it, it's not there. It's not, I don't find it. I don't know why it struggles so much with people coming on the show and, and trying to put across an argument that goes against what I've said, but it doesn't happen. So the link's there. Refresh your thing in the description. Come tell me I'm wrong and tell me why. Let's get some more comments from the chat box. Uh, we have a super chat come in from Matt. He says, I feel bad. I made you feel like you can't win. Sorry, mate. Big fan of the show. Look, don't apologize for having an opinion, Matt. You know, if your opinion's different to mine, that's fine. I don't want you to apologize for having a different point of view. I'd never want that. I want, to, I want to encourage people to have differing points of view. This would be well boring if we didn't have different points of view. But what I like is when people can articulate and explain to me why I'm wrong about something. Olu says, failure is harsh. Um, we was never planning, uh, was never a planned, midfield was never a planned signing. Um, let's talk about it. Let's bring King into the conversation. How are you doing, King? You are right, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Good morning. How are you doing? You're not bad. It's not bad. I'm disappointed, you know, about the way the window ended, of course. Am I harsh calling it a failure? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I actually gave it a six. I had a laugh when I saw your yeah. <laughs> comment on Twitter. Why is it a six for you? <laughs> so my reasoning, first of all, I, I do rate the players we brought in. I, I think I told you on the show that I think we've improved our starting eleven with 33%, which, mm. which is huge. I feel like if you need to improve it more, then you failed before. Like, so... In terms of Chelsea, for example, they bought a lot of players because they failed with keeping the players they needed to keep, for example. Mm. But for me, where where I'm a bit disappointed is in the fact that I feel like in our attack, we are short in, in bodies in terms of... We got Jesus and uh, and uh, Eddie as center mm -hmm. forwards. And then we don't really have... Uh, we have Martinelli. Saka and Smith Rowe for me right now. I can't make a lot of judgments on Marquinhos because I've never seen him play for yeah, of course. for Arsenal. So for me, I said that if Marquinhos turns out to be good enough cover for, for Saka, then it's a seven. But if he turns out to not be ready yet, then it's a six because I do feel like we've needed a competitive right winger ever since William left because Pepe have failed to really cover for, for Saka. And that is the reason why Saka has played so many minutes at his young mm. age. I also a report that he's played uh, like something like 2,000 more minutes when he reached his first 100 Premier League games in comparison to Phil Foden. Yeah. And that's taken out all the minutes he's played for England. So I do think that it would be good for him to have someone who's competing with him. And obviously, it's hard to get that winger, but it's not impossible. But for me, in, in, in centre mid, I don't know if you agree, but we have a good relationship with Marseille. Camera left on a free to Aston Villa. Mm. Mm. I think he could have been a cheap option where if it turns out in a year or two that we've reached a level where he's not good enough, you can sell him for a profit because you got him on a free. He's still good enough. And he has a good enough reputation where you wouldn't lose out. And if it turns out that he's a gem, you keep him. And uh, it's not a big risk to, to take him, I think. I felt like Dupore, the thing with Camera for me is that he, he's on £150,000 a week, you know. And like, if, if you bring him in on a free, which I think is a yeah. fair suggestion, if you say it's, if it doesn't work out, you know, you're then stuck with a player like we were with Pepe on £150,000 per week on probably a four or five-year contract. He's been very good for Villa, to be honest, this season. You know, I think he's probably been their best player so far, the irony is. But obviously, that Villa did that right at the beginning of the window when Arsenal's focus was on bringing in a striker, on bringing in Fabio Vieira, and on bringing in Zinchenko. And I think a lot of the kind of the deals that we missed out on or the complaints that we missed out on certain players at the start of the window were because we were focused on getting Jesus and Vieira and Zinchenko. You know, the issue for me is kind of the players that were available in August 
you know, when we were actually able to do more business. That that's for me is is where we I don't necessarily think the options were out there. And and I think the hundred and fifty thousand pounds per week for you know for camera is a lot of money to risk on a player that doesn't necessarily start for us right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. But do you think it's one fifty because it's Villa or do you think if, if Arsenal came in for him because of the stature of our club and the mm. way we're moving and the potential to play in Europe, he would have lowered his his wages request maybe i mean it's, it's, it's impossible to know yeah of course I, I understand oh, where the theory comes yeah, from i just yeah. think if if arsenal are going to turn around and say look you can come to arsenal and play on what 80k i mean i heard a rumor that fabio vieira is on something like 30k a week you know there's there's the rumor i said that he's on about something really small when we did really well to get him on kind of that low wage so it's yeah. clear that we weren't looking to to put big players on, on on that kind of especially i say big players camera you know was a free yeah, no, he, still young yeah. it's a lot of money so we don't know is the honest answer yeah. for me like the attacking options we have jesus and ketia saka fabio vieira gabriel martinelli smith rowe nelson is still here which i know people won't like me saying but he is still here and marquinhos yeah. as well you know um that, that is a lot of forward options I would like to have seen a wide option come in. And especially in midfield, I would have liked to have seen us go out and kind of, you know, added that extra player. But I don't know why those two players would have taken it from a six to like a nine or a ten. Do you know what I mean? Oh, but that's that's probably what I said. If we have gotten two more players, I would probably give it an eight, eight and a half. Or even maybe even a nine. So what would it have had to be to be a ten out of ten window? I don't really give 10 out of 10 unless it is like a Bellingham. <laughs> yeah. You're like me. I think yeah, that's, I know. Yeah. Because if we were to get a Bellingham, that's where you'd be like, oh, this is 10 mm. out of 10 player because now we've bought like a world-class kind of centre midfielder or potential to be a world-class. It would have to be someone in that, you know, like a Haaland, like, uh, like a Bellingham, someone... That, Kylian Mbappe. I'm not saying we're getting these players, guys. Mm. But for me, that is where I give it a 10 out of 10 when we do something unbelievable. I do feel like uh, Gabriel Jesus is is under that bracket where he's a top-class player that can turn into a world-class. A bit like when we bought Alexis Sanchez, I think he was top-class where the Neymars and Messi were world-class. Then I felt like he took his game to the world-class level. And I can see we get that with, with Jesus. And that's why, for me, the best way to raise a window is in the summer. Because it's in the next, in May, where mm. we know where we've finished. Because that's really when you can make a full assessment and say, well, Jesus have had this impact. Like, you know, a bit like last season where we fell a bit short. So mm. if we maybe would have signed one more player in, in January, we maybe would have gotten top four. And Maybe. that would have given that window a higher rating than I think I gave it a seven last year. So this I window do. has been worse than last window. <sighs> but I really rate the window we had last yeah, year. Yeah, but you said it's a six <laughs> and last yeah. one was a seven. So, I yeah, mean, yeah. You know. yeah, but I think if you look at, we spent like 19 million, I think, on Tomiyasu, right? Uh, 19. I think it was about 19. Yeah, yeah. and we got... Uh, Sorry, I thought you said our, 19. Our, I was like, what? <laughs> no, 19. Our club captain, we bought him for 30 million from Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. Martin In Martin Odegaard. Yeah, yeah. That, that's another fantastic signing for, mm. for that price. Then, obviously, we spent 50 million on, on, on Ben White. Mm -hmm. But Leicester spent... No, Chelsea spent like 90 million on Fofana. So, mm. it's like, again, if you take that into context, it's, it's a cheap signing. So... Mm. I think we bought Ramsdale very cheap again. If you look at where, where the goalkeepers have been going for now, it's a cheap signing. Yeah. Look, I think when you talk about kind of Windows assessment, you know, you look at last window and you say we brought in six players and we brought in six very decent players and Tavares looks like he's going off and being a very good player for Marseille. Could, be, could come back and, you know, sell for three, four times what we bought him for. The Congo showed in yesterday's, uh, in the game two days ago against Aston Villa that clearly there's, you know, there's a quality player in there that's there's definite potential but the context of windows is also the squad that you start with you know we've started yeah. this summer with the squad of those six players within it and we've added on top of that jesus zinchenko Vieira, marquinhos turner to that team whereas the yeah. squad last summer we added those six players to that squad so that's why i can't rate this window as anything lower than a seven because you contextually look at where the squad was at the beginning of the window 
you add the players that we've added with this window to it. And we've got a squad that, in my opinion, should comfortably be qualifying for the Champions League. And if we don't, you know, there's only one place I'm going to be pointing the finger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but right now, yeah, we are short in, in midfield. But we have known because for of three time. injuries in four yeah, games. But, yeah. But if I told you before Partey's injury that he might get injured, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? No, I wouldn't. But I would be surprised no. if you told me that we lost him, Zinchenko, and El Nenny in the first four games. But Zinchenko, even if you look at his record uh, in Man City, he do, he do miss a few games every season uh, from injury. I, mm. I think it's only El Nenny that for me is the surprise because. He's not really been in injury prone during his spell at Arsenal and other clubs. But that's where I feel like we know how important Partey is for us. But we also know mm. that he missed almost half of every game every season. And that is why I felt like we could or we should have added uh, uh, added a cover there for him yeah. and i know I'm it's not, hard but yeah, yeah, but yeah. Then i'm not again, gonna disagree with you that we should have had douglas louise like i feel like we went in for him too late and that's why we didn't get him. yeah i mean to my understanding the club before el Nenny's injury weren't even planning on signing a midfielder you know it was the injury to el Nenny that that changed that for them which to be and fair I don't is understand yeah I, I don't get that and what i don't get is why edu and it must be edu feels yeah. as though that was right. Because Arteta came out after Bournemouth, you know, before El Nenny got injured and yeah. said, we need more firepower, said we need more. So it clearly wasn't Arteta. You know, he yeah. clearly yeah. wanted more. But I don't know why the club hasn't. Um, King, I'm going to have to grab on our next caller. But thank you so much thank for joining you. me this morning. Really appreciate your time, brother. No, thank you for having me on. Good luck. Have a good one. See you later, mate. Um, I'm just going to read out a couple of super chats before we get our next caller on. Uh, Abdullah says, Tom, you and Harry are defenders for this club. It's a weird comment, considering I think thumbnail for the video says Arsenal failed in the window. Uh, are you telling me that Edu and Arteta deserve to be at the work after what we just saw? Again, the Arteta thing, how the finger can be pointed at Arteta when he has explicitly come out and said we needed more firepower, we are short, we will try and do something. I don't know. Maybe someone else can tell me. Let's bring in our next caller. Daniel, how you doing, mate? You good? You well? Hey, man. How are you? Good. Yeah, not bad. Rested. It was a short... I mean, I was up late, but I've had enough sleep that I feel like I can tackle the day. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. no, all good, man. All good. Just, yeah, reflecting on a on a tough day yesterday. I had Squad Sports deadline day on since 8 o'clock in the morning. I was <laughs> watching yeah. it very intently, but it was. it's difficult to, to analyse it, I guess. I think the way you did it, I think I sent the chat in. Like, it's just the perfect way for me. It's like... Not saying like sitting on the fence exactly, but I'm sort of in the middle where, yeah, we've had a great window, but at the same time, it is also incredibly disappointing for me um, that mm. we couldn't get anything over the line. Not so much that we weren't trying, like you said. I think we definitely were trying probably up until around the last hour, putting in that third bid, but it just didn't feel like enough for me. And especially with the injuries, like I think there was a more desperate need than say if they weren't injured. I think everyone would be reacting differently. Uh, so for me, yeah, it's just a, a a little bit annoying, just leaving a little bit of a sour taste on the tongue of of what has been a really successful window, like you say, say in the last what since 2012, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I look back on the windows we've had and go, if you had told me by looking at the squad that we had at the start of what June and we were going to add mm -hmm. Gabriel Jesus and Vieira and Zinchenko to that, I've been like, this is exciting. You know, I can't oh, wait exactly. to see what this exactly. team does. What do you what do you rate the window out of ten out of interest? I kind of like 7.5. I'd say, yeah. no, because it has been a 7.5. Like, it's just, we've been... That's why I read it. Yeah. A, yeah, like, Arsenal as a club, we've been so unlucky with injuries. You know, you know, I've supported them my entire life and it's always been something that's been lingering. Like, it just, it is unfortunately, you know, injuries are a part of the game. But I think, the way I was looking at this is, I was just thinking now is like, we have to try and be as fluid as possible because if... You know, you look at all our players, like you're saying, Vieira can play out on the wing. And then you can also, you know, if you really wanted to, Smith Rowe can also do a job across any of that front three. And I think we have to start looking at it as more of like a, you know, ha like our players, like as, as much as they are positionally locked, you can play Xhaka in that deeper role. Like Ben White, like you've been saying in the past few like weeks, can play in that six if need be. So I think we have to start looking at it as more of like a fluid thing and making sure that 
like although we didn't sign anyone, we have still got a really good squad. We have still got a squad that has a positive mentality with it. And we have won five out of five games. Like we can't ignore that fact. But yeah, for me, it was just like I wanted to kind of capitalize on the start we've already had. And I think adding Douglas Louise or another midfielder could have maybe just pushed us a little bit further. But seven yeah. five, yeah. I mean, we tried, didn't we? Oh, we tried mm. to add Douglas, J- yeah. Douglas Louise, sorry. Douglas Jesus. Uh, I just think everyone's got <laughs> Jesus in their name now. Um, we tried to add, you know, yeah. a player in Douglas Louise at the end of the window. The club didn't necessarily want to, but the Elneny injury forced them into a late change and they weren't, sure. you know, successful. And it seems that there were sure. three midfielders that were on the market on deadline day. You had Douglas Louise, you had uh, Artemelo, and you had Dennis Zakaria. Chelsea grabbed Zakaria on loan. Liverpool grabbed Artur on loan and we tried to get a permanent deal done for Louise. Now, of the three, Louise is definitely the better option of the three. Without a shadow, I'm not going to have any argument with, with people about that because Artur is, a, you know, yeah. just not good enough. He's injury prone, doesn't solve any issues for us, really isn't even a six that, that we kind of need, you mm-hmm. know. And, and Dennis Zakaria has just plummeted in terms of his stock and value since he's left Borussia Mönchengladbach and has still come off the back of a serious knee injury, which is still having problems with how he's recovered from it. So how Chelsea mm-hmm. and Liverpool deal with those two additions, I don't know but they are additions they have managed to yeah. get them both in and that's the difference so yeah. when when you look at what we could have done in the wide area do you still think we've left ourselves short or do you think that the the roster of Jesus and Ketia Saka Vieira Martinelli Smith Road Nelson and Marquinhos is enough until at least January I'm very optimistic <laughs> so <laughs> I would say yes because I, I like it I like what we've got I think the two cameos that Nketiah has had I think he's actually been really positive uh, you know, although he hasn't bagged sort of goals, but I think that his energy when he when he's come on, I think has been has been vital to the team. It's it's, it's given us something different. Um, and like I was saying just now, I think it just needs to be a really fluid system where we're not saying right, well, Saka's our only right right winger. I think we need to be open to playing Marquinhos out there if need be, or Vieira out there if need be. Um, just like I th- yeah, that's why that's why I say yes. I think on paper probably no because we probably do need an extra bit of cover at that wide position. However, we just need to be fluid about it and make sure that, that we are playing players that not not necessarily their primary position, but that will still do a job there. So, yeah, I, I think it is enough. I think we've, we've definitely got enough till January. Um, I think our first five games have shown us that. I mean, not much has really changed in that attack. We haven't really had injuries. So, I think for me, it's more like, I know it's a small sample size and there's a long season and our next few months are looking <laughs> are looking a bit testing but I, I think honestly will be good I think the only way where it could come back to bite us in the arse is when we have like the Thursday Sunday games that turnaround where there are players that are uh, maybe lacking on fitness and that and that's where you need maybe a backup or two but like I said just keep it fluid and <laughs> just try and play everyone where possible and where it needs fit Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's uh, let's jump to the chat box uh, in a second. Daniel, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate no worries, jumping mate. on. This appreciate morning, it. Mate. No worries. Thanks for getting me on, man. No problem. Pleasure. Uh, thank you to uh, Daniel. Uh, I just want to jump into the chat box and say also, um, if you are going to be jumping on the show, uh, make sure you are over the age of eighteen. You have a camera and are in a quiet place to record. Uh, I do use the supermarket method of if you don't look over twenty-five. I'm not getting you on. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, Brian says, the next transfer window, we need to address centre midfield, right wing, and a third attacker. Already talking about the next transfer window, isn't it, man? Uh, Big Fats of Lackey says, what I see is that the club does not move only for the right player, but only for the right price. Are we really backed by the owners as much as we thought we are? Well, I mean, this transfer window, we've spent how much? Let's look. Uh, 118 million. Last window, we spent 150 million. The window before that, 77 million. Million, the window before that, 144 million. And in 2018, when they took full ownership, we spent 72 million pounds. So counting that up very quickly, that's 450, it's around 550 million quid since 2018. So I'd pretty much say that's being backed. Uh Ojo, how you doing, mate? You good? You well? I'm fine. Um uh, Tom, I think I think you forget my name then for a second. Is that what you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been working for more than 20 years. So no worries, man. Tell me where your head's I, at. No, I think I, you know, jinxed star transfer window by joining the stream yesterday. Mm. So I try to be positive, and here we are. Are you positive <laughs> still, or are you frustrated now? I'm not frustrated because uh, it is not possible to have all your business done in a window. You know, I, I think uh, 
from what we have seen in the first five games. Me personally, mm. I'm a little more optimistic, and uh, to see that the fan base is back in the meltdown over over uh, perceived, you know, failures that might happen because we don't know what is going to happen in the next two months. Um, we should not be overreacting so much, at least. And why is why me, are people overreacting in your opinion? It is PTSD. You know, we have been here before, so mm. we we every season for the past two decades where we've seen failures in the transfer window. We assume, you know, this season for the first time, we our club acted fast and they moved early in the window and they got in, you know, very very good players. Even actually at that time, we didn't rate Jesus or Sinchenko that much. But now that we have seen their impact in the team, I think we've forgotten actually with the business that we have done this season. And um, you see people like Chelsea going for whoever and whatever possible. And seeing Gordon uh, for 60 million quid, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, we should have tried to sell Pepe to them, actually. We could have made a lot of money, but mm, it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, we now face the situation where obviously Arsenal are have a 24-man squad. You know, that that's where we are at. I was I, I looked at kind of the group of players that we have yesterday. And if you go through it, we have a 24-man squad, which is one short of, you know, what you're allowed. So we have factually left ourselves one player short. I feel that for me was probably prior to injuries, more so in a wide forward area um, to give us kind of more coverage at right-hand side and in the middle. But do you feel as though there just wasn't the option? Do you know what I mean? Do you know, I, I'm really struggling. I have these debates with people. Whilst I wanted us to go and sign a midfielder, I wanted us to go and sign a wide forward. I'm looking at the names that people throw to me and I'm like, I'm not sure that's good enough. You know, I'm not sure I want to invest in that player the money that we have or I'm not sure I want to overspend by 20 30 million on that player because I don't know if that's smart and I don't know if that's going down the old track of what Arsenal did in the past and got them to the eighth place position that they are in do you know what I mean no it looks like the club has taken a new direction so their idea is to trust the manager and do what uh, Pep or Klopp does where if the manager doesn't believe in the player irrespective of how dire the squad is. They are never going to go and sign that player over that valuation where the manager believes. The only reason even Liverpool went to get Arthur Mello, of mm. all people, is because their midfield was completely obliterated. They would rather not sign... Even Arthur Mello, they only got him on loan, right? They never paid the money for him. They only got him on loan. Yeah, it's an option and, of like 40 million euros, I think, something like that. Yes, so we are basis for panic is look at party is going to get injured and uh, what do we do then but then you can say that for every other team in the league what happens if harry kane gets injured mm. Just do spurs get relegated what 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 happens if van dyke van dyke slips in you know it you can't you know build three four backups for each player could should we have got two players yes but when the club believes that they were not the right players or they were not the right players at the right value. I think we were a little mugged off by Aston Villa as well because I think Edu thought they had a good relationship with the club. Mm. And, and, we basically uh, gifted them Chambers and Martinez. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, and because he has a good relationship with Kia as well. I think at the last moment, they thought worst case scenario, we could just... You know, we could go up to a certain level. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Now, this is when you can see whether the manager is up to it. You have a squad now. So, even if we get in Douglas Lewis, what if he slips the first game and he gets injured? Do we? You can't go back into the window then. So, this is when you, yeah. get, you, you, check, you see what Arteta is actually made up of. If you have a, a squad that is struggling and you have multiple games, what do you do then? Can you switch switch up your systems when your players are not available? Can you still win when you're not at full strength? Right? This is what happened at Invincibles as well. Right? We didn't have the fabled eleven for every game. I, I'm really I'm re what I'm really struggling with is obviously there's a lot of frustration, and I think maybe in a month's time we'll see where we are in the league and the animosity around the window is still very fresh. And I think that's probably what's bleeding into some people's opinions. But I'm really struggling with, you know, the idea that Edu should be sacked in some people's minds, that Arteta is still being blamed somehow for us not signing players. 
Where do the where do the misconceptions come from, OJ? Because you know, frankly, pointing the finger at Arteta, the man that all is agreeing with the people that are calling for his head, saying we need more firepower, we need more players, didn't get backed in the end, didn't get the players he wanted. How are people still? I don't, I can't fathom it, OJ. I really don't get it. Can you can you enlighten me in any way? Even I, I am not the biggest fan of Edu. I mm. I always thought we could have gotten a better director of football. I thought uh, there are people like Paul Mitchell or Ralph Ragnick would have done a better job. But looking at what uh, what works for Edu is he's in perfect, you know, he's in sync with what the manager wants. And the way the club has projected themselves is whatever target we are going for, um, it has to be approved by Arteta before the guy can come into the club. And I think that is one of the reasons why the fan base is angry at Arteta because they think, you know, why can't you just say, okay, to Tilabinch, we could have got him. Hmm. It yeah. looks like because Arteta did not give the go, a uh, club did not uh, go in for Tillman, so they did not go in for Douglas Lewis earlier. And me, it's not that they were perfect because we should have identified the injury issue and gone in at least a week earlier. There's no reason to wait till El Neni is on a stretcher to think about a midfielder. Um, but um, as a fan base, if, the point is. I understand that we are very, we are not weak, but we are we are on the ledge. You know, it it could break down very easily. But one of the best things that has happened this season is that the the fan base has stuck with the team and lifted the team up in difficult situations. And this is one more situation like that. And before going into a game like you know going to Old Trafford, this is not the atmosphere that should be around the club. We should be, you know pushing the team on because I've seen how United fans have come out of their holes because they beat Leicester and they're One like Let, yeah <laughs> and they, they they're playing horribly because looking at the team I'm reminded of how Emery used to went on the 21 or 20 game winning streak right? because ultimately mm. they're playing teams that are not testing their defense and everyone was and, fit everyone was fit they didn't have yeah. any injuries that season at all barely I think they lost a couple of players for like two games you know it's yeah like, and just like how we have midweek games, so do all the other teams in the league, right? It's not just us. So even the teams that are not in Europe will have to play midweek games. So the the playing field is a little more even than previous times. So mm. we'll just have to wait. We have rolled the dice, so we have to see what happens. OJ, thank you so much for your time, my friends. I'm going to get our next caller on, but I appreciate you jumping on after a long, uh, hard day of work, I'm sure. Thanks for your time, uh, yeah, my friend. I'll try to go get some sleep now. Then. Indeed, Take do it. it. Indeed. Have a <laughs> good one, man. Um, another super chat from Abdullah says, Tom, I included Arteta because he's the manager. That's fine. Look, I, I understand why you included him, but I still don't get how anyone can point the finger at a man that's turned around publicly and said he wants more firepower and wants more players and then doesn't get them. I, I don't know how you can call for his head after that. I don't understand it. Uh, Isoba, how you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah. Yeah. How are you, Tom? It's been a dreadful uh, deadline day. Uh, <laughs> it's been a dreadful deadline day indeed. Yeah. It was not yeah. the one that we were hoping for. How are you feeling? I'm doing well, yeah. I just actually woke up a couple of minutes ago. And I saw you streaming. You've uh, really taken to the fact that the phone and show really works. Uh, I like, I like the, it. I like getting people. It's because mainly I worry that sometimes I get myself into a bit of an echo chamber, to be honest. I saw, and I really try and call, not call people out necessarily, but call for people to challenge me. I struggle. You know, I've asked for people to call me out. We've had Dan come on, who agreed with me. We have Ojo come on, who's agreed with me. King came on, of course, and said he feels it's a number six, a six out of 10. But I think we had a really good back and forth about why that is. So tell me where your head's at, mate. Yeah. Uh, if you say, if, if you want to say, uh, a month ago, uh, I mean, we can take it in two parts. Uh, the first part is that Arsenal, the positive part is Arsenal finished the business early. Uh, they mm. did their homework. They finished, uh, they, were, they, they scouted the players that they wanted. They talked to the representatives. They did everything they needed to do. Something Arsenal fans were criticizing the Arsenal hierarchy for a while. That Edu is that after failing miserably in the winter transfer window. and. Yeah, basically, that's over with. We got the place that we wanted. I like that. I love that. Then there is the time where you can problem solve. I mean, part of Edu's job is to problem solve on the fly. And mm. he didn't do that yesterday. Because as I said last time uh, I was on with you, uh, 
uh, we have we anybody can see the problems that we have uh, don't let this opportunity slip by get a person on loan that can an extra body that's available that's helpful if not splash the cash because i'm sure that they arteta and edu have a book or a, or a scouting department that they know the player that i told you they have an idea of the player that they want yeah of course but, yeah so get a person that helps us um what if they aren't there, though? I have to ask the question. Like the, the first question is obviously in your me asking you who. The second part is if what some people say is obviously, well, the club, you know, have a, a list of players. They've got a scouting department. They've got analysis, analysts, you know, all of these guys. They should be able to find someone. But what genuinely, if there isn't a quality option available, why should we go back to our old ways and panic? Like Liverpool have a bit with Artur and like Chelsea have a bit with Zakaria. Why should we do that? and lock ourselves in, potentially, to a bad deal? Uh, not necessarily a bad deal, Tom. There's the magical words of uh, a loan. Uh, mm. We can do that for an extra body. We don't clean loan. We don't know by buy, buy, buy option, no extra jazzy words that we can add to the contract. Mm. Just give us a clean loan till January or, uh, or till the uh, end of the year. And by the way, Tom, if you noticed, this is yeah. the same cycle that's repeating itself. We did this with January. I always go back to January. I don't. I don't understand the logic or the thinking behind letting go of Chambers, letting go of Maitland-Niles, letting go to Maitland-Niles to Roma. Ironically, yeah, yeah. now it's Maitland-Niles to Southampton. Southampton. Hmm. Yeah. So it's the same pattern. The same people that are helming this. Arteta is excused, as I say. I agree with you. He has nothing to do with it. He came in the press conference. He, he did a bit of a. Was a Bournemouth manager that got sacked, but the uh, uh, was the Bournemouth manager uh, Scott Parker. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did a bit of, yeah. yeah, he did a bit of that in a way of like trying to go I do on the hierarchy to spend. And he got sacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and he got sacked. Yeah. But but Arteta is of course more aligned with the hierarchy and mm -hmm. the countries and all of that. But uh, Tom, what is the What's the stronghold here? What are people not you're not agreeing with the people here? What's the problem? What's the issue? Where's what's the idea that you're battling with uh, with other fans? They... I think I think one of them is is how poorly some are rating the window. You know, like I think a six out of ten is harsh. I think it's harsh considering what the players that we have brought in. You know, Gabriel Jesus is a world class striker. We have longed for. Zinchenko looks like a world-class addition and tactically perfect to what we're trying to do on the left-hand side. We don't know what Vieira is going to bring to us, but the club think he's good enough that they are willing to spend £34 million on a player in a window where they aren't willing to overpay on quality and they only want quality. This is someone that's got, you know, more than 20 goal contributions last season for Porto at the age of 21. You know, I... And he plays in, in a variable positions, including right wing, which is one people think we haven't signed anyone in, but we have because Vieira can play there. So I'm struggling with the negativity and the calling out of or saying that Edu should be sacked. I don't think that anyone should be sacked based upon this window. You know, I think there should be, if anything, praise for what we have done. I'm struggling with those that think that xyz should go for whatever reason that's what i'm yeah. struggling with yeah do you think uh cedric ronerson pablo marie and uh, william have anything to do with that uh probably but i do think that raul sanyehi was still here when we made all of those signings and he had part to do with it so i'd kind of after raul sanyehi left that's when i kind of judge edu as kind of the lone fella in the in the technical director box which is of course in the summer of 2021 onwards so, so yeah tom yeah i agree with you but what right now this is post 2018 the cronkies have the full ownership what is there a problem with the money is do, yeah some well, people say that we're not backed do you think we're not backed uh i mean we had a argument i'm not the argument a conversation of if yeah, you a debate, yeah. A debate, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I stick to arguments. So that, such a it's social word. media, mate. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, we're talking, we're having a conversation. You said that let's bring up the topic of finances. Me, I'm not accounted. You're not accounted. So we brought some person. Mike, yes, yes. Yeah, Swiss I'm Rumble. Right. Mike, Mike was there. Uh, it helped me a lot in understanding the finances behind Arsenal. But our, uh, if the Cronkies have the money and the backing, I don't understand where is why are they not splashing? Maybe they didn't identify identify the right player. 
mm. who's the right player we don't know the mystery winger or the mystery midfielder all this is and arsenal are very secretive towards the journalists so nobody knows exactly what we want is it the money is it the player is identifying the right idea of a player to come in and by the way with the fabio Vieira topic he is mm. a player i think they're giving him the training wheels um ideas uh, ideas of ways to play i mean there's the same issue that happened ironically their best friends to martinelli yeah uh, there was a point where he was not playing that much and people were saying what is arteta having a problem with him is he not understanding the system does he doesn't like him mm. then all of a sudden now look martinelli is playing as, as a starter and he understands the system he he plays really well I think so. Fabio and Lukanga are going through the training wheels of the of the stage in which they are not gonna get get to play a lot until they understand what will happen with the with the with the, the style of play, the identity, and then they'll be able to play maybe next year on a more regular basis. So we'll see about that. But for me, yeah, um, uh, yeah it's just I wanted to pop in and say yeah. Oh, I appreciate the time. Yeah, I appreciate your time, mate. I will catch yeah, up with you, you on a future one, I'm sure. Um, but thank you yeah. for coming on, bro. Thank you very much, man. See you later. Um, I realised I said at the start of the show that I never used the word bro, and I feel like I've now said it four times on one show, which is just very me, contradicting myself. Um, the last thing that I want to point out to people that in the chat box have said that Arsenal aren't backed like City, like Chelsea. What I would encourage you to do is go and look at the net spend of Arsenal of the last four years from 2018 onwards. I would encourage you to really go and and look at that net spend because that's the reason why we aren't spending as much as those guys. Man City have signed Haaland and they've signed Calvin Phillips and they've signed Sergio Gomez and they've made a profit this window. They've made a profit on players. So it's not about we're not backed like City. We're spending more than City when you consider the fact that they're able to sell so well because we've had, let's with respect, dross that we've had to get rid of because of previous regimes' poor recruitment. You look at Chelsea, how much they've spent. I think they've had a record window, what, this summer? I have a quick look. I know I've got to stop this show in a second but because uh, I'm starting work at nine today. Um, but if I go to Chelsea's all-transfer history, so this summer they've spent $251 million. I think that's something like a record. They've still made £50 million quid back, so you can call that £200 million worth of spend. In 21-22, they spent £106 million. Guess what? They made a profit that summer because they sold £107 million worth of players. If you go back to 2021, they had another big summer, £222 million spent. Still made £50 quid in regards to the players they managed to sell on. If you go back to 1920, they spent £40 million during that summer that they had that ban because they had the option on Kovacic. In that summer, they made £141 million. You know, they've made £100 million quid's worth of profit. You go back to 2018-19, they spent £187 million, but they made £74 million. So whilst they're not necessarily making the profits like Manchester City certainly are starting to, they're not spending the same as Arsenal. Whereas you look at Arsenal over the last few years, spent £118 million this summer, sold £20 million. Last summer, £150 million spent, £28 million made. Summer before that, £77 million spent, £17 million made. Summer before that, in 2019, £144 million spent, £48 million made. 18-19, spent £72 million, made £8 million. Arsenal are backed, guys. Don't get me wrong. There's no argument to turn around and say that Arsenal aren't being backed by the owners. We're spending money. We're just not making it. And that's why the argument in comparison to the likes of City and Chelsea just doesn't stack up, does not stack up. We are backed arguably more at times than Chelsea and City. But because of such poor recruitment decisions of the past, in the past decade, we just aren't able to react and sell as well. That's what we need to get to. And that's why we can't panic buy. That's what we can't go and splurge, you know, 50 odd million quid on a player that's worth 30 million. Because we can't do that anymore. Because if we continue to do what we've done in the past, we will continue to struggle to invest how we need to. 
Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I'm now going to go and start work. Uh, I am also hopefully going to see a lot of you live this evening. I hope if you are coming along to our live show in North London tonight, come along and say hello, come and have a beer, come and listen to our fantastic guests, James Bench, FK, Harry Simeon, Sophie Nicolau, uh, and, of course, Mike from the Gunners Pod all along this evening to try and help support Gunners v Cancer at the Ridley Road Social Club in North London. Go and get details. Link in the description. There are tickets still available tonight. It's only £5, and that is a donation towards the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So come and have a, have a gander. Come and have a chat. Come and have a listen about Arsenal, and uh, I hope you enjoy it if you indeed do. Drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it. Go and have a check of our football prizes competition as well. Signed uh, Zinchenko and, uh, and Tony Adams shirts, I, be- I believe, are available. And, of course, the chance to win a ticket to go and watch Arsenal against PSV in the Europa League. Uh, through a hospitality ticket. Enjoy. Have a fantastic day. I will see you very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.